Hello, and welcome to episode 7 of The Accidental Curator. My name is George Bathgate, and I'm coming to you today from my home office in Kitsilino. Um, it's May the 27th, and still a little surprisingly cold and rainy out here. Maybe not surprisingly uh, rainy, because this is Vancouver, of course, and we live in a rainforest. But had to haul out the fleecy pants and the sweaters yesterday, so uh, that's always a little disappointing for... Someone like myself who has a little bit of seasonal affective disorder. Yeah, I like it when the sun finally shows up and the warmth is here. Um, I did intend to record this uh, on Maine Island. I was on Maine Island recently, one of the rare trips I've had over there in the last year and a half due to the pandemic. And um, just to check on the place, mow the lawn, uh, do a bit of gardening and stuff. But... Um, Unfortunately, I, well, I bought a new uh, MacBook Air recently, and they changed some of the interfaces on it, and they no longer, uh, the new MacBook Air no longer accepts USB ports. It doesn't have a USB port. So I couldn't um, record with the lovely microphone that I brought with me. So I'm back in Kitsilino, and I'm uh, going to bring you a little story today. Um... Yes, this is from a series of stories I've written um, over the last several years. The story takes place in Kitsilino and on Main Island, and it's called The Three Injuries. I hope you enjoy it. Rule number one. Just because you have one injury doesn't mean you can't have another. Rule number two, just because you have two injuries doesn't mean you can't have a third. I know that these are contentious times, but can we all agree at least that holly trees are malevolent and dangerous beasts? From their poisonous red berries to their skin-piercing, needle-festooned leaves, they're a menace for all seasons. They seem to grow incessantly and beyond reason, and if you are one of the unfortunates, like myself, that has two of them in his yard, you will inevitably be called upon to tame their unwelcome expansion through pruning. I don't think I'm a particularly accident-prone guy, but those who know me may well agree that I lack a certain amount of caution and forethought. I sometimes take risks, wittingly or unwittingly, and don't always preface my activities through the filter of self-preservation. And I'm not bereft of tools, being quite well equipped for the job of pruning. I've got pruning shears, bypass lopper, saws, head shears, and even an eight-foot pole pruner. And of course, for the task of fighting with my holly tree, heavy leather work gloves. As it turned out, the only thing I was really lacking on this day was safety goggles. Rule number three. Never try and prune a holly tree without safety goggles. Now, you get where I'm going with this, right? It was Sunday, Father's Day in fact, when I found myself without safety goggles, standing on a chair, stretching to prune branches over my head. Never a good idea. A cautious, safety-oriented person would have, while wearing protective eyewear, switch to a ladder to be able to prune above the falling branches, thus avoiding potential injury. Not I, or should I say, 
not I. The falling holly branch scraped across my eye on its way to the ground, leaving me with what is known as a corneal abrasion. On a scale of one to ten, the pain was about a, about a seven, but of greater concern was an immediate reduction in vision by about 50%. The eye closes involuntarily, and through the tears, painful blinking, and blurred vision, I knew that the bad haircut I'd given the holly tree would have to wait. Okay, fucker, you win this one, I said under my breath. But even if I have to finish this job looking like a pirate with one eye, I'll be back. With my one good eye, I went inside and consulted Mr. Google to see what I should do, hoping to avoid doctors on a Sunday during a pandemic on Father's Day. But no, beyond a little rinse and saline solution, the risks, blindness, were too great, and a trip to emergency was in order where I expected to see a room full of hapless dads, bleeding and broken from their various ill-conceived yard duties. As I was unable to drive, my lovely partner Kathy volunteered to be my ambulance and risk management advisor, reminding me once again of the benefits of precaution. I promised I would heed her good advice. At emergency, it turns out that bleeders, strokes, and organ failures get fast-tracked through emergency room A, whereas those who are just broken and in pain, like myself, get put into emergency room B with its lengthy waits. We are there to endure and build character. After my obligatory four-and-a-half-hour wait, I was able to consult with a specialist who informed me while looking deep into my eye and my soul that my injury was not very bad and should slowly heal over the coming weeks. It's a rather small scratch, Mr. Bathgate. You will be fine. Here are some drops. It's all I really wanted to hear, even though it still felt like my eye had been slashed with a bayonet. The next day, I went and bought safety goggles. Despite my ongoing discomfort, mild pain, blurred vision, and an eye that wouldn't stop blinking and weeping, I needed to get over to Main Island to work on my gallery, which had been shut since, since October. The yard was an overrun mess of waist-high grass, weed families, and long-neglected California lilac that was in dire need of pruning. I stuffed my safety goggles into my backpack and made my way via public transit to the ferry. My lengthy absence from Maine has allowed my yard, Flora, to run riot and I have my work cut out for me. This is good as it gives me focus and a sense of productivity as I self-isolate on Maine. Rule number four. You can never wear enough protective gear to prevent all possible injuries. The California lilac is a beautiful bush, and the bees love it. I love it, and I love the bees. It has grown considerably since last year, gaining height and breadth to give us a beautiful display of its fragrant, buzzing blue flowers. It seems to allow its lower branches to die out, creating a canopy of support for the upper display, and has gained enough width to prevent us from accessing our path into the backyard without ducking. It is this barrier and the tangled mess of dead branches which I have to tackle. Luckily, I have my protective eyewear. Crouching under the lilac to gain access to the dead branches, sometimes on my hands and knees, 
puts me in some pretzel-like yogic positions for pruning. Although I've got my protective eyewear, my injured eye is still weepy and not giving me clarity of vision. And here, on Maine, I don't have the complete contingent of tools. All I have are pruning shears, which are like pliers with sharp blades. It's all going well until I encounter a rather thick branch which requires two hands to apply enough pressure to make the cut. Where's a bypass lopper when you need one, I think? While exerting maximum pressure, my thumb slipped into the crushing, pinching fulcrum as the cut was made, and I gave myself a nasty blood blister on my thumb. Swearing comes fairly natural at these moments. I'm under the bush with my weepy, damaged eye, holding my injured hand between my legs, with my teeth clenched, going, Fuck! It hurts, but I know the drill. I've had these before, and all you can do is wait, grimace, and clench your teeth. The pain will subside in five or ten minutes. Some choose to lance the blister to let the blood and pressure out, and I may do this later, but at the moment... I'm looking at piles of pruned dead branch debris, thinking, Okay, I can do this. I'll just clean up this mess, and then I'll wrap up for the day and have a look at my wound. I start to gather up handfuls of dead branches and ponder where I'm going to toss them. It's a 10-acre parcel of land, and we don't have an official burn pile, so I decide to throw the organic material into the bushes, down a little ravine, all I have to do is wander through a small patch of innocuous-looking waist-high plants to chuck my load. Rule number five. Know what poisonous plants thrive in your region. Avoid them. There are two kinds of people in this world. Those that recognize stinging nettles and avoid them, and those that don't and suffer accordingly. I fall into the latter category. Maybe if I hadn't been wearing shorts and sandals, it wouldn't have been so bad. I'd never had an encounter with stinging nettles before, and it truly is an unforgettable experience. By the time I was ten feet into the patch, I knew something was seriously wrong. My legs were on fire, and, as a novice to this problem, it took me a moment to understand my plight and make a plan of escape. The pain was so great, it dwarfed my earlier injuries, but all I could do was ditch my armload of debris, turn around, and rush back the way I'd come, brushing my bare legs once again through the stinging nettle patch, adding further injury. The stinging nettle is covered with thousands of filaments that pierce the skin of the unwary and inject poisons that result in burning, itching, painful sensations. Hundreds of mosquito-like blisters form on the exposed skin and even with washing can remain with the victim for up to 18 hours. I felt like I just experienced medieval torture with my nasty thumb pinch followed in such short order with my blistered burning legs. I was reminded of Ving Rhames quote as Marcellus Wallace in Pulp Fiction to bring pliers and a blowtorch to deal a rough justice to his hillbilly tormentors. Luckily, I have a sense of humor and was able to sit back with my damaged eye, blistered thumb, and ravaged legs and laugh at myself and unforeseen circumstances. Also, due to the rule of three from the Latin phrase omni trium perfectum, everything that comes in threes is perfect, or every set of three is complete. 
Thus I'd had my three perfect accidents, and was now complete. I was safe from further harm. That's a, a wrap for episode seven, uh, The Three Injuries. My name, once again, is George Bathgate, and this is The Accidental Curator. Um, as you may know from previous episodes, I've, I've been kind of fudging around with my schedule, and I don't really have one right now. Uh, I kind of create these things when I find the time and energy and inclination. So the next episode should be a chapter in the ongoing narrative that I've been creating. It should be chapter three, and uh, I'll start working on that hopefully soon. And uh, I'd like to get that out to you within the next three weeks. Um, that's my optimistic guess, but I'm also starting up uh, Shavasana Gallery again, uh, starting July 1st, which is about a month away. And there's a lot to do uh, in regards to that because it's almost like after this length of time, I've been closed now for about 19 months due to my regular scheduling. It's um, almost like starting a brand new business. I've got a lot of stuff to take care of. So in betwixt and between all of this, I am going to create um, these podcasts and I'll carry on with it because it's rather enjoyable. I'm learning a lot of stuff about uh, GarageBand and uh, the whole process. And some people give me nice feedback, so that's great. Speaking of which, if you are interested in future episodes, you can subscribe to this podcast, whether you're doing it through Podbean or Google Podcasts or or iTunes Podcasts. Um, so I hope you're well. I hope uh, the pandemic seems to be seems to be winding down. At least in Canada, we're heading in the right direction. Uh, we've got good uh, vaccine numbers out there. So I've had my vaccine, and I'm looking forward to getting the second one, and uh, which should hopefully open things up further on Main Island uh, for my myself the citizens there and for my little business. Uh, so take care everybody and I uh, will talk to you next time.